0: Section five of the Strange Visitation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Strange Visitation by Marie Corelli. Section five.
1: I was once a church warden,
0: <laughs> said the goblin, beginning to emit a spluttering laugh from a grimacing mouth
1: and i look so respectable tell me macnason do you wear a top hat on sundays
0: the shuddering millionaire bent his head feebly in assent
1: so did i so did i
0: and the goblin clasped its toes and hugged itself in a
1: kind of ecstasy and a black frock-coat so nicely brushed so well-fitting i had a figure in those days macnason and i walked into church with brightly polished boots creaking just a little to show they weren't paid for because it isn't gentlemanly to pay for what you wear right down on the nail you know and i bent my back before all the people and breathed good little prayers into the crown of my top hat just where i could see the name of the hatter printed in gold on the silk lining i did oh they were happy days happy humbug days gone 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 i shall never be a churchwarden any more
0: here unravelling its contorted body it put its claw-like hands up to its face and began to weep
1: (laughs) oh it blubbered when i was a churchwarden people were all so respectful to me i had a country seat such as you have macnason and a whole parish bowed down to me think of that farmers doffed their caps and farmers wives curtsied to me the clergyman spoke of me as his high-minded and generous neighbor oh i was so proud of myself as proud as a scotch landlord and nothing's prouder than that (laughs) those happy humbug days i gave myself such airs such touch me not airs mcnason i might have been an, an up-to-date highland chief in a kilt my heirs were so superior you know what an up-to-date highland chief is macnason a man who lets his dear native home and his beloved moors and forests for all he can get and lives a gay life in london on the profits a proud and pompous creature macnason and i was just such a one i really was talk of patriotism and love of country Ooh, i had it all i was as parochial as a town clerk i had such a grand manner so standoffish and now and now
0: here it beat a dreary tattoo on its expressive paunch
1: Oh, i shall never be a churchwarden any more
0: a clammy perspiration bedewed Josiah's brow. That hollow drumming sound was dreadful. If the horrible creature would only stop it. ''Don't do that!'' he muttered feebly, ''I—I I can't bear it!''
1: ''Can't bear
0: what?'' demanded the goblin quite briskly. ''That sound you
1: make—on—on!'' On. ''On, my tum-tum? Oh! Beelzebub! you oughtn't to mind that tum-tums are what all you men live for nowadays one of your dramatists has made a play out of a tum-tum poor old shakespeare he was never as clever as that i always lived for my tum-tum and of course it's now the largest part of me i have to tell it everything and when i beat it it knows what i mean
0: josiah huddled himself back into the depths of his easy chair and closed his eyes if he could only swoon away he thought if he could but lose his sight and hearing in a merciful unconsciousness a low snarling murmur breathing through the casements under the door and down the chimney now gave warning of the fresh and fiercer rising of the wind and presently down it swooped with a terrific battery of hail and such a scream, an uproar of rage, as is seldom heard save in tropical forests, when huge trees fall crashing under the blow of a storm, and turrets hurl themselves headlong from the summits of the mountains, sweeping tons of granite with them like straws, into the valley below. At that instant the clock began striking midnight. One, two, three, four, five. And to Macnason's horror the goblins suddenly sprang upright, if it had looked uncanny before it looked a thousand times more uncanny now poised on the arm of the chair its lean toes and legs began to stretch its body to lengthen taller and taller it grew its paunch showing as prominently and roundly as a full moon on a winter's night its head with its oily hair conical cap and tassel seemed to be rising steadily into the ceiling and Josiah, clenching his hands convulsively, watched the process in fearful fascination. Was this the way the awful hallucination would vanish? Was it going? Would the horrible nightmare elongate itself gradually in the fine lines and, mingling with the atmosphere, disappear altogether? Six, seven, eight. The gale rampaged violently outside and shrieked like a drunken fury battering at the casements as though meaning to break them in nine ten eleven and lo the goblin all at once pounced down from the height to which it had ascended and laid its detestable claw on the shuddering mcnason's shirt-front twelve with a wild whistling yell the storm burst open the long latticed windows at last throwing them back with a savage bang blowing aside the splendid damask curtains as though they were rags and admitting a gust of bitter cold sleet and snow while clear on the rushing blast came the sounds of bells ding dong ding dong do re mi fa sol la si do the rhythmic beat and liquid warble of rich tones melted into the wind and rain like a kind familiar voice arguing with an angry children but josiah macnason half dead with fear at the sight of the hairy claw on his shirt-front and the knowledge that the red moon-like paunch of the goblin was almost touching his own shrunken one heard nothing save the howling of the furious gale and wondered how long this inexplicable torture of his body and brain would last christmas day cried the goblin
1: it's christmas day mcnason hark to the bells how they swing how they ring come to the church mcnason it's time come along
0: and the round eyes glowed
1: like balls of flame come to church come and sing wild shepherds you're a church one, you know come along come
0: not now not now gasped the terrified josiah seeing that the goblin was spreading out its long lean arms as though to envelop him in its embrace it's not time it's the middle of the night no no
1: it's christmas <laughs>
0: reiterated the goblin
1: come to church mcnason come and hear my friend the reverend mr firebrand hold forth on the vanity of riches come in the spirit of one timothy too that's a text grace mercy peace come along mcnason all are welcome where we are going hark how the bells ring one timothy two one timothy two come and sit under good mr firebrand come come
0: and with a terrible downward clutch the goblin caught hold of macnason by the coat-collar mercy mercy cried the wretched man "Help, help 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 shouted the goblin derisively
1: one timothy two come along mcnason come along
0: catching up josiah as easily as though he were a wooden mannequin, the goblin unfurled a pair of bat-like wings and rose aloft in the
1: air here we go it yelled up we go and down we go off to church me and the churchwarden oh christmas day and christmas bells and a jolly christmas all together one timothy two off we go
0: and with the rush and roar of the wind the goblin carrying the world-renowned millionaire as a bird of prey might carry a rabbit or a weasel soared out on a wave of mingled sleet and snow into the stormy night what happened to him in that wild supernatural scurry through the air josiah mcnason never knew he lived and was conscious conscious of being borne along at a furious rate not knowing whither conscious of the freezing cold the rain the wind that tossed him and his unearthly companion about like dead leaves on its angry breath with a (laughs) louder than the cry peculiar to the goblin itself conscious above all of the bells oh the bells how they thrilled and trolled out their christmas melody how they seemed to tumble one over the other in their haste to proclaim peace and goodwill how their metal throats palpated and throbbed with the angelic message angelic still angelic always even though some mortals nowadays are so miserably minded as to doubt its truth and sweetness the bells rang everywhere loudly to the scuttling clouds softly to the darkened earth, whisperingly among the chill showers of sleet and snow, and with an echoing clang like musical thunder above and around the shadowy drifting form of the goblin as it flew along, gripping the quivering Josiah as a cat might grip a mouse or an eagle a newborn lamb. All at once the rattle and rush of the warring elements rolled off in a pause of quietude letting the bells have it all their own way. And suddenly, descending with lightning-like rapidity by sheer force of the goblin's imperative downward pressure, Josiah felt himself standing on his feet in the middle of a vast building which looked like a church, though there was no sacred emblem of religion to be seen anywhere in it save the pulpit. The pulpit stood out with singular obtrusiveness, for it was green— A livid, wicked green, like the glare of a serpent's eye. Panels of white appeared to be inserted round it, but these could not be plainly discerned at once. The green hue was its chief note of attraction, and Macnason's eyes fastened themselves upon this with a pertinacity surely inspired by some other influence than his own. Breathless, shivering and exhausted as he was, there was something about that green pulpit which, wholly against his will compelled his attention and as he looked he heard a sudden confused murmur of voices which beginning softly at first grew louder and louder till it rose into a perfect pandemonium of howling the unhappy millionaire trembled what new and nameless horror was there yet in store for him involuntarily he turned to look for the goblin even that uncanny presence seemed kinder and more friendly than such a dreadful uproar of unknown tongues and he was actually glad to see it still standing beside him its round eyes sparkling with a strange light of mingled mirth and malice
1: well mcnason how do you feel after your airship voyage it inquired a bit airsick
0: Here the howling voices grew fiercer and more shrill, and yet the alarmed Josiah could see nothing. He felt desperately inclined to take hold of the goblin's claw for protection. What? What's that? He stammered. Only Church,
1: replied the goblin, Vierbrand is a strong preacher. He draws like a magnet or a dentist. There's always a crowded congregation to hear him.
0: Church! A strong preacher! a crowded congregation!" McNason stared and stared, seeing nothing but the green pulpit and empty space, till all at once the goblin took off its conical cap, and with the tasseled point of that headgear touched his eyes; then-then-oh, then!--but who can describe that then? who in mere words can picture the amazing scene disclosed of which he josiah macnason was a part and to which he seemed to be the only human witness all around him in front of him behind him were goblins goblins big goblins little goblins fat goblins lean goblins straight goblins crooked goblins of every imaginable size and shape goblins of every possible distortion or monstrosity that ever appeared on the pages of a child's fairy book were here in their scores and all attired in the queerest motley some wore women's enormous hats trimmed with fantastic bows of ribbon and big waggling plumes others had coloured caps like those which are put into very cheap christmas crackers some were decked out with flashy tiaras and crowns that looked as if they were cut out of tinfoil others again had their strange sticky hair dressed as high as surely a hair sticky or otherwise would go and surmounted with fantastic wreaths and garlands of bright-coloured flowers apparently made of paper under which they minced and grinned like female gymnasts at a rough country fair, and all of them were jostling, pushing, squeezing, and crowding together, each one taking a seemingly mischievous delight in trying to elbow its neighbor out of place. It was a fearsome sight, and still more fearsome did it become when a great ball of fire suddenly bounced down from nowhere and burst with a loud report at the foot of the green pulpit— where, spreading out a peacock's tail of vivid flame, it lit up the wicked, livid color of that edifice with blinding brilliancy, Josiah McNason's soul froze within him-he was dead, he thought, he must be dead! End of section five, Recording by john Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.